In 2022, Elise Stefanik uh, was very, very proud, Congresswoman mm -hmm. Elise Stefanik, part of a House Republican leadership, of how diverse uh, the, the Republican candidates yep. for the House were. Uh, they were minority, they were female, they were veterans. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, with all the attacks on DEI and diversity <laughs> efforts, nobody's out there uh, praising uh, this uh, um, Mazi uh, Pillip, except for you, Nayara. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, mm -hmm. it just kind of gets at the, at the lameness of the attacks on efforts at diversity, given that that has been a Republican effort. Look, it was a big part of why Republicans had success in, in House races. It was a real priority, not just for Elise Stefanik, but um, Parker Poling is a huge uh, staffer. She was chief of staff for Patrick McHenry, went to the Congressional Committee. That was priority number one for her, and it's why Republicans uh, had such an uptick in uh, women freshmen in the last Congress. Very interesting. We're seeing now some of these divisions in the House Republican majority, this narrow majority they have, uh, and how it's impacting their ability to govern. Take a listen to what Congressman Matt Gates of Florida said on Newsmax after Republicans failed to pass their Mayorkas impeachment vote. As I'm watching that board and it's 215 to 215, I have never missed George Santos more. I also wondered, like, wouldn't it have been nice to still have Kevin McCarthy in the House of Representatives? Never thought you'd hear me say that, but Kevin McCarthy, after being dislodged as speaker, took his marbles and went home. Matt Gates longing for Kevin McCarthy just so there would be a Republican uh, and help uh, it, it, there to help them uh, impeach Mayorka. I'm sure that comment really endeared him to the rest of the caucus and what they've suffered for the last couple of weeks. But it is that idea of taking your marbles and going home. It's, just, it's a game at this point. Uh, the, the continued effort to avoid anything that looks like bipartisan compromise, such as working on this uh, the bill, like I mean, the GOP Senate's going to filibuster a bill that they had technically asked for and helped to negotiate, because anything bipartisan would actually hurt the political chances at the top of the ticket. And that's the reality of what is, is Congress right now. It's not about governing or passing legislation. Can, can, just as a former House Republican yeah. staffer, can you believe this? I mean, just I've been covering this issue since the, the George Bush administration. Yeah. This was the most conservative mm -hmm. compromise I've ever seen. Uh, Democrats basically got nothing, <laughs> mm -hmm. and Republicans still turned it down. Jake, you were covering this issue when I worked for Eric Cantor, and yes. we were not able to get anything done on immigration, and we were talking about doing different things. What do we as Republicans do with DREAMers? This bill had none of that. This yeah. was an absolute legislative win, very skillfully done by James Lankford, but you have to have your members who want it, and very clearly they didn't want to take the win. Yeah, and, and Democrats were kind of like over a barrel because they wanted the Ukraine mm -hmm. funding, mm -hmm. and they were willing to make compromises on the border, which Democrats are now acknowledging is a crisis, in order to get the Ukraine funding, and Republicans got almost everything they wanted. The idea was to take border off the table as an issue for Biden politically, right? He's got a rising economy, all these good things to talk about, but the narrative is about the border. And so what would have been seen as caving on principle and issues is now suddenly, all right, well, we gave you stuff what you wanted, you are the problem. Puts the problem squarely back in the bucket of the Republican Party. By the way, what it would have been caving. I mean, it would have been giving. It was a, it was a cave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Republicans didn't take yes for an answer. No. Um, it's just insane. 
Maybe it'll be an interesting time. But it keeps, it keeps yes. the border as an issue that's still going to be on the campaign trail. Right, so. of course. Oh, yeah, we all get it. It's just like... Very cynical. But there's an idea. So there's something to solve the problem. And, and by the way, Republicans are telling the truth when they say this is a life or death issue. First of all, there are migrants yeah. who risk their lives to cross the border, and it's tragic. There are coyotes who rape and kill mm -hmm. along the way. Sometimes there are people who are bad people who cross the border and commit crimes against mm -hmm. Americans, often against Latinos. So this is not just you know, silly business, this is life or death for people. I had a very interesting conversation with the sheriff of Eagle Pass, Texas over the weekend, and he said, it's not about crime. Crime is low, it's not about crime, it's about national security. Mm -hmm. And I found that fascinating, like what does that actually mean to people? So here's another interesting story from this place we're in with the Republican Party. <laughs> the RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, is now offering to step down following a vote by the RNC after the South Carolina primary. if. They want her to be removed. CNN reports that North Carolina Republican Party Chairman Michael Watley is one of the names being floated by Team Trump as a possible replacement. What is his, uh, you know, what is his CV? Well, according to the New York Times, the reason he's on the short list is because, quote, Mr. Trump likes Mr. Watley for one overwhelming reason, according to people who have discussed with him with the former president. He is a stop the steal guy, as one of the people described him. He endorses Mr. Trump's false claims about mass voter fraud. So that, that is, I mean, Rana has been pretty helpful to Donald Trump on that too, yeah. but apparently not enough. No, and I've known Michael Watley since 2004. I worked for Senator Burr when he was chief of staff to Senator uh, Elizabeth Bull. Yeah, you're a Tar Heel. Uh, I am, unfortunately not a great result against Clemson last night, but we, be, we did beat Duke. Um, I think there's, look, Michael Watley's done a good job running the North Carolina Republican Party. It had some challenges. Uh, I've seen good chairs and bad chairs. But his, his allegiance to Trump isn't just in a stop the steal. He helped censure Richard Burr. He helped censure Tom Tillis, two of the Republican senators, out of a loyalty or seen perceived disloyalty by those two senators um, to Donald Trump. And it speaks to one of the things that he becomes in, the members like him, that's important, but we're going to have to see can he raise money because big donors who are somewhat still skeptical of Trump and his rhetoric they don't like the stop the steal rhetoric. How does he solve that problem? And what, and what do you think? What do you make of all this? Uh, it, it is very clear what the political play is. It, it's a Donald Trump political play where you had Secretary Pompeo under oath in front of Congress last week, still refusing to recognize that President Biden was elected in a free and fair election. He said, yep, he's president, but it's not free and fair. And that, that will continue to be a theme under Trump. Thanks to both of you.